Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you out here today? I'm Jay Jones, and this is Life 101. And if you need to reach me, if you want to leave comments about the show, you can go to my Facebook page, Mr. J. You'll see a red 1970 Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Then you'll know it's me. I hope you guys had a great week. I hope you did some homework for me. And welcome to the show. Uh, Today, after watching the Browns play last night, I decided that watching the Browns is not good for your health. And along those lines, today we're going to talk a little bit about men's health. Uh, Us men, we don't go to the doctor sometimes until it's too late. And that's not good. We have to get out of that mentality. Regular checkups will be beneficial to your health. Like I said, sometimes if we go to the doctor for a routine visit, some illnesses can be detected and or prevented. And uh, I'm speaking from experience. I've lost several loved ones because they wouldn't go to the doctor soon enough. My late wife, for a year prior to her diagnosis, she always complained about having chest pains. And I would always tell her, uh, why don't you go to the doctor? And she always said that I'm scared they may tell me something bad. Well, guess what, people? They did. And had she gone a year early, my my situation may have come out different. But that's neither here nor there. My late father was diagnosed with cancer, and it was um, in his larynx. But he didn't want to have his larynx removed because he didn't want to have to talk with one of those things that you put up against your neck to stimulate your vocal cords. And his cancer spread to his brain and thus killed him. So go to the doctor regularly. Myself, I uh, went to the doctor for a routine checkup and discovered I had high blood pressure. Now, had I not gone and the high blood pressure had just kept on going unchecked, I risked a stroke, heart attack, kidney disease, excuse me, kidney disease, and possible death. So go to the doctor, routine checkups. As you get older, once a year, but as you get to my age group, it's twice a year. And it's necessary because an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. We also have to eat right. And this is something I'm guilty of because I love my Burger King double Whopper with cheese with extra pickles. And you have to watch your intake as you get older. You have to eat more healthy. You have to eat more salads. Got to walk, step back from the fried foods as much. You know, I guess what I'm saying is everything in moderation. And we got to watch out for the pork. You know, I'm a bacon man and and a sausage link man, but we have to do it all in moderation. And we have to cut back on our drinking too. You know, all of that is going to uh, help prolong your life and let you have a good life. I'm not saying that we have to uh, get to monk status, but we have to, as we get older, we have to watch what we eat. We have to exercise more because uh, I've noticed in the past couple of years I've put on a few pounds. And sometimes when you're working and going to school, you don't, you, you just have to find the time. That's what I'm saying. Just 
Find the time to look out for yourself and take care of yourself and everything in moderation except good sex. <laughs> you know, uh, I watched the Army-Navy game on Saturday, and yes, the Navy won, and I'm a Navy, I'm an ex-Navy, so you know I'm kind of feeling some kind of way. They won after losing the last three years to Army. But uh, I'm proud to say that I did serve in the military, and I would recommend it for if you're coming out of high school and you really don't have a clue as what you're going to do and you figure college is not for you, do a couple of years in the military because you, you'll get a chance to discover yourself, you'll see the world, and you'll get to make a little money. And the discipline will be good for you because I did I, I got out of the Navy over 30 years ago, and I still do some of the disciplines. I make sure my work uniform is clean. I make sure it's all lined up, and I'm all, I try to be on time always. And little mundane things like making sure I empty the trash at the end of my shift. It, it's good discipline, and it'll let you find yourself and discover what you really want to do. And on top of it, you get to see the world at your great Uncle Sam's expense. <laughs> but there's not to say that it's it's going to uh, be problem-free. I like to tease up guys from other branches. The only difference between the Army, Navy, the Air Force, and the Marines is the uniform. That's the only difference because it's still our great Uncle Sam and it's still politics and bureaucracy that you have to deal with. But it is, like I said, if you're trying to find yourself and you're trying to wind and you're trying to keep from winding up on a street corner or locked up, do a, do a couple of years in Uncle Sam. If you don't do nothing but do the reserve because uh, that's two years and, on, you know, you can make a little money and uh, learn a trade, learn a skill that you can parlay into civilian life. It's a heck of a lot better than just wasting away doing nothing, drifting. And like I said, I'm glad I did it. So uh, that's my pro-military speech for today. <laughs> and there's one thing else that baffles me. And, you know, we were talking about this last week. Uh, why do people think because you're a gentleman and because you act decent, why do they treat you like you're an alien, like E.T. come home? Uh, it just baffles me. I mean, you know, like I said, I'm 56 years old and I had four sisters and in my mother's house, good manners weren't the exception. They were the rule. So we had to be decent to each other. So I carried it over to outside. And it's amazing. When I got back into the dating game some 10 years ago, you know, I would hold the door for a lady and she would just look at me as if something was wrong with me. And that baffled me because I have a 17 year old daughter and I teach her that th there are certain things that a, a gentleman is supposed to do for you. And it, it just amazes me that we've got away from teaching our young men and our young women about common decency and courtesy. You know, I mean, my late sister, I love what she told her three daughters. She said, uh, just because a man treats you with respect and love, he's not a punk, 
He's not a witch with a capital B, and you should want to be involved with a man like that. And I always told her, I said, sis, that's some of the best advice you could have given your your girls because it just, I don't understand and a lot of it has to do with the media. They want to play the tough guy, thug. That that's there's no there's no shelf life in that. You know, I, I, like I said when I told you this last week, I, I asked my son. I said, "Don't you think if there was something to that, that Daddy would be doing it instead of working hard like this?" And he looked at me and he said, "You know, Daddy, you're right. I mean, we have to teach our children to want better and to do better, and." There's nothing wrong, fellas, with being a gentleman. There's nothing wrong with it. You, you, you don't have a hole in the middle of your head. You're not Cyclops. You're not an alien. And continue to carry yourself that way because a real woman is going to appreciate that. I say again, a real woman. What's out here now are a lot of little girls. Let's just keep it 100. They're just a lot of little girls. Do not be afraid of who you are. Because I once told a young woman that, that I was dating. I said, look, I was raised to be this way. You might as well get used to it because I'm not going to change. And if you have to say that speech to someone, then you really need to sit back and reevaluate your relationship seriously. Because, uh, and I've always told my daughter, he got to treat you well. He's got to pay bills and buy groceries. That that's the whole thing to I love you. Anybody can say that, but the trick is, what about when the uh, mortgages do? What about when you know you're down to the last loaf of bread and? What not in the refrigerator? That that's the real I love you because a real man's gonna get up and do what he has to do. A little boy's gonna run home to mama. Always remember that. Okay, enough of my soapbox today. <laughs> enough of the soapbox. You know, this Friday I went and saw the movie Harriet, and it was a film about uh, Harriet Tubman how she escaped slavery and returned to lead over 700 people to freedom. And it got me to thinking uh, about you know, slavery, Jim Crow, and the civil rights struggle. And I just came to the one conclusion, why in the world are we killing one another? I, I did some research, and so far in the city of Cleveland this year, there have been over 99 homicides. And we're also number eight on the Forbes list of 10 most dangerous cities in the world. And I say to you, brothers and sisters, we got to stop killing each other. We've got to stop. It, it, you're not hard. You're not tough because you walk around with a pistol in your belt. Because if you were really hard and tough, you wouldn't need the pistol. Like I said, I'm a lot. I have a few years on a lot of you. And in my day, you had a beef with somebody. You worked it out with your hands. And nine times out of ten, after you fought, you guys became the best of friends. You know, it, it, it's a whole different whole different scenario now i mean what's so tough about 10 guys jumping on one one fella that that sounds like sissy but sissy, sissy action to me and we just really got to stop and the way you stop is walk away walk away i cannot stress that enough you're not less than a man because you walk away from foolishness 
live to see another day. I mean, gang banging, uh, he looked at me the wrong way and, and, and in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, because I noticed that a lot of shootings and homicides go on in the early hours of the morning. And you know what? That, the thing is, and now that I'm older, please, you need to be somewhere asleep at two or three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that, I mean, nothing good happens after midnight. Trust me, go home. And a lot of guys, you know, in books I've read and news accounts, Oh, something told me to stay home last night. Yeah, well, do that. Listen, listen to your inner mind, because a lot of the a lot of these shootings and whatnot are just testosterone overload. I mean, come on now. You don't have to do all that to prove you a man. Seriously. You know, I've always told my son, I say, Jay, if you go to a club and you see more guys than females, it's time to leave because. The foolish ones are going to do something stupid to try to get a woman's attention. And women, I kind of throw it back at you, too, because all of this would stop in a heartbeat. I say again, it would stop in a heartbeat if you women wanted more than just the thug. Because uh, I don't know too many retired thugs. I really don't. And I don't think their health plan and their 401k is that great. You know what I'm saying? So reevaluate, sisters. Reevaluate. Do you want to be involved with somebody that could be here today and gone tomorrow? And what I mean by gone tomorrow, we're talking about the uh, Hootlam and Thug retirement home, which is the prison system. Or do you want to talk about their permanent rest home, uh, Memorial Gardens, Evergreen, or Lakeview? Take your pick. At some point, you got to grow up and you got to say, no, 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 no. I want more out of life than that because the killings are senseless. At the end of the day, he looked at me funny. Come on. Come on. I had to try to prove I was tough. No, 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 no. You want you want to know tough. Try, try working a 12 hour shift five days a week. That's tough. You know what I'm saying? That's hard. You know, that that that's that's when you're tough. And then you got to go home and help your wife with your kids. That that That's tough. You know, all that other stuff is just garbage because, you know, like I've always told my son, on TV, on those movies, when they're pronouncing you guilty and leading you away in cuffs, the director says, cut. And they take those cuffs off that fella. But in real life, when you're in front of that county judge down at the Justice Center, that's real life. You know, uh, when, when they do drive-bys on TV, the stunt coordinator and the director says, cut. And those fellas get up and they take the, uh, the, the little things that make, make you look like you've been shot. They take all of those off. That's not the, that's not the way in real life. It's not the way in real life. And do you want to always be looking over your shoulder? Because violence begets more violence. We have to stop the senseless killings. You know, I, uh, I, 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 I just ask myself, what with the people who had their heads and skulls beat in just for to try to get voting rights acts for us, just to try to get life to be decent to us, what would they be thinking now? if they realize the rate at which we're killing one another. 
Come on, people, it's got to stop. Wake up. You want to be tough? Raise your children. Teach your children morals and teach your children values. Go up to the school for parent-teacher conferences. Go up to the school for open house. Turn the TV off and sit down and talk to your kids. Go out in the yard and play catch. Or, or, or sit down and play some music with them. And I'm talking real music. Not this stuff where they're talking about shooting you in the chest and all of that. Play some earth, wind, and fire, some temptations, some music that they're talking about love. Because you know what? We have gotten away from that. We have gotten away from that. And and it's so sad. It is so, so sad. And like I said, sisters, you hold the key. You hold the key. Because uh, you have the one thing, the kryptonite, that, that just bends us to your will. And if you were smart, you would say, I don't want this type of life for me. I don't want this type of life for, for any subsequent children we might have. I mean, what's the sense of telling your, your child that, oh, your father won't be home for another 20 years because he, he pleaded guilty to, to murder or, or, or something like that or because he's hard or because he's tough or well, your father won't be home ever because he was involved with a gang and uh, he got shot up in a gang fight, but he was tough. You should have seen his gang funeral. Come on now. Come on now. Give your kids a future. Give yourself a future. People, stop this senseless, stupid violence. Stop it. Stop it. I mean, it just it just makes me angry whenever I turn on the TV and I'm looking at another shooting, another homicide uh, over a fight, over an argument. Come on now. Cooler heads have to prevail. People wake up. Stop the senseless killings. You know what I'm saying? Because guess what? You're, you're killing you. You're killing you. You're killing our society. And lots of times, the people you're shooting at, you don't hit. You hit innocent people. And, I mean, just, just a few months ago, a little girl lost her life, and all she was doing was in a bed sleep. Come on now. Would you want something like that on your conscience? I wouldn't. I really, really wouldn't. You know, the, the only justified reason I see for t taking somebody out is if they've come into your house and they don't have a key and they haven't been invited or, or someone's trying to harm someone you love. And the thing about that is you don't put your loved ones in bad situations. You don't, not if you care about them. And another thing, fellas, if your woman is trying to talk you into fighting, she don't care about you. She don't care about you at all because uh, a real woman, the last thing she wants to do is see you fighting. A real woman will, 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 will check a situation between another guy and it'll be over with. But a woman that wants to see you fight, she don't care about you or him. Because like you said, nowadays, you, you, these fellas ain't fellas. They're only men because they got a nine millimeter in their belt. That don't make you no man. That just make you somebody that's got a gun. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Whew. 
okay, enough of that too. <laughs> enough of that too. You know, I had to, I was thinking the other day about teachers and about how teachers are grossly, grossly underpaid. I mean, it, it's a shame that teachers have to work part-time jobs. It's a shame that teachers have to take what little money they do make and turn around and spend it on school supplies and stuff for their classrooms. And the thing of it is, our teachers are handling our most valuable natural resource, our children, our children. Now, we can pay athletes millions and millions of dollars to play a kid's game. We can pay entertainers millions and millions of dollars to do make-believe, but we can't pay our teachers. Come on. And our teachers mold our, they, they shape our future. Our teachers shape our future. They are inspiring our children. And a lot of teachers will tell you, I don't do it for the money. I do it because I love the kids. I love the kids. But at some point, that love is going to change because they're like, I'm putting up with this, this crap. I'm in an inner city school district. I'm, I, 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 bear, I sometimes may have to worry about getting shot at in a gang shooting or something like that as I'm walking to my car and I'm only making peanuts. Come on, we got to start taking care of these teachers because uh, I am where I am today because of a teacher, because of a teacher. My eighth grade science teacher, Mr. W.S. Brown, sometimes in our class we didn't learn a thing about science that day, but you learned about life, you learned about the struggle, and he challenged you to be a better person. Mr. Brown, on his own time, came to my house one evening. My mother said, see who that is at the door, Jay? And I said, Ma, it's my teacher, Mr. Brown. And he came over, He armed with applications for me to fill out for the ABC program. And the ABC program was it's known as, it's, excuse me, is called a Better Chance program. Uh, it took children from inner city schools, and you went, to uh, up, you went to parochial schools in small, small communities. And I was fortunate to receive an ABC scholarship. And I went to high school in upstate New York in a little small town called Clinton, New York. And it was on the campus of Hamilton College. And believe it or not, that trip back in 1978 is still paying dividends for me today. The president of the company I work, I've worked for for the last 25 and a half years was a student and a graduate from Hamilton College. My fiance, who I'm about to marry in July, we met because she was in the ABC program uh, 40 miles away in Manlius, New York. We met in high school. And like I said, it is still paying dividends for me because I got to see that there is a world and there is a life outside of the inner city. And you can have whatever you want if you're willing to apply yourself and work real hard. That is the whole thing. You have to apply yourself. You can't blame anybody for your not succeeding. The only person you can blame 
is that person you see in the mirror when you go in the bathroom in the morning. That's the only person you can blame. You cannot fault anybody but yourself for not achieving. And once again, I have to say, my life and my career path all started with the help of a teacher who gave a fat one. And that is why I feel teachers need to be making more money than they do. Because, I mean, teachers are the difference between your child making it and not. And we got to get away from the standard test. Because in my day, you were taught. I mean, we don't even, kids today don't even know how to write cursive. They don't know how to read a, a, a plain analog clock. We have gotten away from teaching the reading, writing, and arithmetic. And like I said, I am where I am today. And I have to say it, thank you so much, Mr. W.S. Brown, because you cared. And teachers today still care. But the thing is, parents, you have to care as well. I mean, whenever I go to the high school for my daughter, I'm amazed at all the parents that are there just to see about their children. And they're not just there paying lip service. They're there taking notes. They're listening to these teachers. And you, you, you have to. It, it's, it's a joint effort. It is a joint effort. My late wife worked for Belfair. And that's the school where the most incorrigible of children went. And uh, whew, I couldn't be a teacher. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it honest because I have an old school mentality. I have an old school background. And see, like I said, in my day, you teachers could make you grab the chalkboard and give you some wood. And <laughs> see, we've gotten away from a lot of that. You know, teachers rule their classes with an iron fist. <laughs> and we need to get back to that. As a matter of fact, I told my fiance, I said, you know, you don't remember the teachers that let you kick back in class and let you have fun. You remember those teachers that made you stand on it like a rock. And that teacher for me was Mrs. Ann Kennel, my junior year Regents chemistry teacher. Who? Oh, my goodness. I mean, she was the hardest teacher I ever had. And I'm talking about college. I'm talking about even my military courses in the Navy. Mrs. Ann Kennel was the toughest teacher. And I read on the uh, ABC program newsletter where she had she passed away last year at the age of 80. And a lot of her former students used to come back and tell her, you were harder than the classes I took in college. But she made you learn despite yourself. I mean, I failed her class all four marking periods. And the only reason I passed was because I passed the final regents exam and I barely passed it. And I said, Mrs. Kendall, how did I do on the regents? She said, you passed with a 65. And I said, cool. She said, are you satisfied with that? I said, 65 passing? She said, yes. I said, well, I'm okay with it then. But the look she gave me was like, I'm not satisfied with it. And we need to have more teachers like that. We, we really do, because I said once and I'll say it again, 
our teachers hold our most valuable assets right in their hands, our children's minds. And they need to be compensated. They really do. You know, I, I did a remote with uh, North Coast Underground at the Harley Davidson dealership in Bedford. And one of the salesmen there, he's a teacher. And I was baffled, a teacher working part time. And I'm just, uh, it just, and, and I'm not hating on the athletes and the entertainers for, for the money they make because if I could make millions of dollars, I would too. But I just feel like we need to pay our teachers. And I got to hats off to a lot of athletes too because they give back. Like uh, LeBron James, he, he has founded a school in his hometown of Akron, Ohio, and he's pledged, his foundation has pledged to pay for college for the for the first class of children that graduates and we got to give back people give back because you're only helping our future you're only helping our future and like i always say these children today are going to be our doctors our nurses our home health aides you know they're going to be running nursing homes so we, we better treat our children well Treat our children well. It's just like a bank. What you put in, you'll get out. If you have not been there for your children, what makes you think they're going to be there for you when you get old and you can no longer be there for yourself? Seriously, everything you do has a way of coming back at you. Now, we're going to spend this last segment talking about being happy. Because that's what leads to a very fulfilling life. You have to focus and you have to make it a goal to want to be happy. And you do that, number one, by avoiding toxic people in your life. You know, the, you, everybody has that one friend that no matter what you tell them, oh, I'm going to try this. Oh, man, you ain't going to make no money doing that. Why are you going to waste your time? And it could be your dream of dreams. You got to get away from people who never have good anything good to say about anyone or anybody. You, you got to get away from people like that because you want to be around people that are encouraging, not discouraging. You know, it's like I've always told my children. I say you want you want people to be happy to see you coming and not see you going, you know, and you do that by being decent and you, you got to seek out and explore healthy and happy relationships. People who bring joy and purpose and vitality to your life. My fiance and I, we had, we had dinner with this uh, former pastor that she knew. And we were we felt so uplifted after we, we left dinner. We were in the car. And she said, you know what? It was such a joy being with her. She said, from now on, we're only going to be, surround ourselves with people who genuinely care about us and who really want to see us happy and want to see us succeed. And sometimes you have to let some some friends fall by the wayside. It's not always easy. It's not always pleasant. But you got to get away from people that want to drag you down. You, you really do. Me, myself, I would rather be alone than be around a negative person. I would rather be alone than be with someone who the only thing they bring to a conversation is ill will. 
I don't need that, nor do I want that, because that takes time off your life. And one of my big things to do is laugh. I feel like a day spent not laughing is a day that has been wasted because laughing releases things inside of your body that help reduce stress. And there's a saying that it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. And like I told you guys last time, I smile all the time because people think I'm crazy and they'll leave me alone. (laughs) So it works. And, And just when you're happy, it breeds happiness. You smile at someone, they're going to look back at you and smile back, no matter how much they may not want to. And it's just something about laughter. If you walk or walk into a room and you hear people laughing, you're going to know, well, let me in on it. What are you guys laughing about? It, it, it's, it's, it's so infectious. It's so contagious. And that's what this world needs now especially with that occupant that's in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. We need laughter as much as possible, people. Love each other. Love, laugh, enjoy. There is nothing better than, you know, I hung out this weekend with friends that I've been knowing for over 30 years. We, they have an annual Christmas dinner party. And it was just so much fun to be around a room full of like-minded people who all they wanted to do was sit back, knock a few back, and just dance and just and, and just be in each other's company. It was marvelous. It it was marvelous and, and it was it, it was like it used to be. Like I said, I'm so much older than a lot of you listening, but I'm from the era when you went out, it was an event. You got dressed up, you put on you put on a nice pair of slacks, a nice pair of shoes, a jacket and a tie, and your female she dressed, she put on something nice. And it was just it was such a throwback, but it was so enjoyable. And we were done by eleven o'clock. <laughs> we had fun. We 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 enjoyed each other's company and we went home at a decent hour. And and it's just that all of that, when you're around like-minded people and you get in love, it's that's like a booster. It's like your battery charger. You have to plug into decent, fun-loving, enjoyable people. And finally, find a good church to go to. Find a good church to go to. I find that I have to be in church on Sunday. I have to hear something that's going to uplift me and get me through my week. I mean, you know, I grew up in a Pentecostal household and it wasn't all that. And I got away from it as I got older. But I remember attending a funeral and uh, with my sister and just the worship and the rejoicing. I leaned over to my sister. I say, sis, this is what is missing in my life. And thanks to my cousin. She uh, turned me on to, to a church and I joined that church with my children and it's, you know, my, and I got me and my children baptized and my whole outlook on life has been better because I, I, I go to church on Sunday and get that spiritual nourishment and get that uplifting message that I'm going to need to get me through the week. And, uh, it, it, it helps, 
it 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 helps seriously i mean you have to you 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 got to have something to hold on to you have to have something to believe in you really do and for me taking my kids to church with me on Sundays and, and, and my fiance and we're going as a family. It's a wonderful thing. And it just starts your week off. It starts your week off. Well, and I just love it. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, as you get older, you need things to give you incentive to keep on pushing. You need, you need to hear words that are going to encourage you and push you through the week. Like for me yesterday, we, there were, there was, they were actually performing a baptism at the church we went to this weekend, this Sunday. And what the pastor said to one of the men that was being baptized, she told him, leave it in the water. All the drama, everything else that you've been going through, leave it in that water. And that's something I thought back to because, I, you know, I'm not perfect. Don't get me by no stretch of the imagination. I'm not perfect as I sit here and talk with you. However, I tend to listen. That's where I get my intellect from. I listen and I take things that I can use and apply them to my life. And I thought back because we were talking in the car on the way home from church. And I told her, you know, I'm going to stop whining about this particular situation that, her, that we were talking about. And I'm just going to leave it in the water. I'm going to just let it go. Because there are some things that you can't control. There are some things that no matter what you do, nothing you do will be right. And sometimes you just have to throw your hands up and turn it over to the Lord. But at the end of the day, be happy, people. Be happy. I mean, like I said last week, each morning that you're allowed to wake up breathing, you have been given a gift. Don't squander your gift on negativity or negative people. Don't squander your gift on things that don't mean anything. Continue to chase your dream. Do the things that, that, that give you life, that energize you. Forget people. Forget people because there's an old saying about the crab in the pot, crabs in a barrel. And the one crab that may get out, the others try to reach and snatch him back down. Be the crab that's, that flips over there and jumps out and runs away. Seriously. Do not let people define you. Do not define yourself. Love yourself and be happy because at the end of the day, when I, when I close my eyes at night, I like to say, I may not have done all the things I wanted to do, but Lord, it's still been a good day. And at the end of the day, that's what you want to be able to say. When you go in the bathroom to do your, do your late night constitutions, you want to be able to look at yourself and say, did I, did I achieve the things I wanted to do today? Did I, was I decent to somebody else? Because you heard me rant and rave last week about the Christmas season. That's every day. I tell people and they look at me like I'm crazy. But every day that you wake up and you're allowed to breathe, that's Christmas. That's your gift. That's, that's the gift God gives you every day. And you have another 24 hours to right any wrongs and to make your life be what you want it to be. You know, I was telling my fiance yesterday, I said, baby, even though I'm feeling some kind of way about the situation we discussed, I said, you know what the heck with it? I said, because you know what? 
I'm living my dream and people are actually listening to me. I'm, I'm on the airwaves, something I always dreamed about doing. And that buoyed me and that made me feel so, so much better. It did because there's nothing like living your dream. There is nothing like doing what you thought you could do. When I started at OMS back in March of 19, I've, it might have, they might as well have been talking in German. I'd go home and I'd say, baby, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. But she kept saying, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Just keep sticking with it. And as the weeks went by, I started understanding what was going on. And I have a never say die attitude, people. I don't like things getting the best of me. So I just kept, I just stuck with it. And now I'm sitting here talking to you. And I didn't give up. And that's why I'm blessed to be sitting here talking to you now. Because uh, you got to keep chasing your dream. And I got a little assignment for you. And I want you to hit me on my Facebook page, Mr. J. I want you to tell me about a teacher that inspired you. That should be easy because we've all had a teacher. And before I get off of here, I got to give much love and respect to Mr. Tommy Neeson. My, uh, <laughs> my, 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 my dude, who, my board operator who, 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 who keeps me together. Because uh, he's helping me to fulfill my dream too. And as usual, much thanks and credit to the good Lord up above. Bishop Eric Kincaid Clark of the Body of Christ Assembly. Pastor Gloria Cheney of the Church of the Master. Pastor Emeritus Bishop Jack Spencer and his son, Elder Daniel Spencer of the Pilgrim Temple of God. And to my lovely fiance, Miss D. Williams, thank you so much for believing in me. I do this and you're sitting here with me in spirit. And to my two children, Jay Jones II and Miss Natalia Jones, daddy's following his dream. I love you and you can too. Until next week, people, take care. Peace.